Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is The Big Payoff with Rachel Bellow and Suzanne Mushin, business partners and best friends. They take on Chicago's big business stories, and they'll take on you, too. Welcome to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with Rachel, who's my best friend and business partner. We've been entrepreneurs for, we keep saying 17 years. Well, it's been, but now it may be 18. We've been saying that for 16 years. 18 years. A long freaking time. And we're here because the big payoff, see, it's so funny when they hear those coins ka-chinging, you think the big payoff is about money, but we're here to tell you it's about something else, which is about making your life matter, making what you do matter. The payoff is a life. It's not a job. It's not a career. It's not the 10x return. Right, which is why we always try to take the human dimension of business and put it right in the center so you can take a look at it. Because in the end, we are human beings and businesses are human organizations. And today, what are we talking about, Suzanne? See how Rachel needs to depend on me? She doesn't even know what we're talking about today Today, without me. Today, we're talking about the one thing you need to succeed that you are not paying attention to. And actually, at a certain point... It's moot, so you better get on it now. Except for it's not a thing. We're talking about a person, somebody in your life without whom you will not succeed. You certainly won't go as far as you can. And that is person is a mentor. It's such an amazing thing to me, Rachel, because what the life that I'm, the people I'm circling around in Chicago, as you know, are entrepreneurs and there's the whole 1871 community and they pride themselves on this list of mentors. You know, a thousand mentor hours, 2000 mentor hours, which by the way, whenever we use the voice of the male entrepreneur, do you see how we get all growly? I just did it too. No, you do it too. I do. I do. But just call me a white girl. I did. So mentorship, see, we're actually going to have someone on the show um, a little later, Lori Alpern, who's the uh, founder of Open Door Advisors, who really is a born mentor and can help us understand the difference between mentorship and coaching and really break it apart for us. But for now, Suzanne, I really never use the term mentor or mentorship to mean coaching or inadvertent relationship, an, uh, an unintentional relationship from which somebody learns. That's not what I consider mentorship. I consider it a very intense, sustained relationship um, where both sides understand that this is what the relationship is. I I love that you said that it's intentional. I, I have this memory 
of a woman who I adore and respect. I This is an incredible relationship. She's a woman who came to me through a, a woman at the McCormick Tribune Foundation, Wanda Newell, said to me one day, I really want you to meet my friend Candace. She's this young African-American woman who I've been mentoring, and I want you to meet with her. So I go to breakfast, and in walks this woman, very sophisticated, put-together, academic-looking with very smart glasses like the ones you just took off. Mm -hmm. And we sit down, and it turns out after we get into a little bit of who do you know, how did we get here, how do you know Wanda, turns out this young woman had been an eighth grader while I was teaching eighth grade in the South Bronx. She'd grown up in the St. Anne's Projects, and this this is who she now was. She'd gone to graduate school at the University of Chicago. It was, I mean, it took my breath away. And in that meeting, she said to me, I would like for you to be my mentor. You know what? That really triggers me, Suzanne. Any time, first of all, piece of advice to you out there, never, never ask someone to be your mentor. That's not the way that happens. It's an organic well, relationship. It is, although I have to say, she, the, what struck me when she asked was not that she asked, but was how serious she was taking that ask. She was making an ask of something of me that I honestly didn't understand at the moment. She wanted that deliberate I relationship. Know. I'm telling you, I've been asked that in my life. And just by the nature of asking, I will say no, just because you've asked. That's not how, it's a really intimate and intense relationship, and it has to happen organically. My advice, and tell me if you feel different, is never ask someone to be your mentor. Well, you find mentors. You Because they are attracted to you and you are attracted to them. It's like going up to someone and saying, will you be my boyfriend? Like well, okay, but I, at some point people do ask that question. Uh, not that way, or you're probably not having one. Um, but you know, it just sort of it happens. You notice the attraction. You start doing stuff together. You there's chemistry. It's just the same. You know, mentorship has been described as an erotic relationship, not a sexual relationship, but a deeply erotic one where it involves all those different layers. It's not just a head thing, which is why Suzanne. The boundary issue oh, with mentorship is so, so scary, especially between male mentors. And how would you feel if your daughter came home and said, I have mom, I've been, you know, first of all, she would start talking about this guy. So I, I have this. Say, oh. I have this with a man who asked to mentor me. I think you remember who it was. Very powerful businessman in Chicago. He has 60 patents. Very well known. And he asked to meet my father. And while at the time I thought that was really weird. You know what? My mentor did too. And I took him yes. down to Bloomington to meet my parents. It was the most awkward dinner of my life. I Because the they were there with right. their eyes blinking going, what the F is going on here? Exactly. My father was, he did it for me. God, my dad did it for totally me. But here's the crazy that. thing. At the time I thought to myself, wow, this is so weird and inappropriate. But based on what you're saying, that was genius on his yeah. part because he knew the potential yeah. for the boundary yeah. issue to be perceived as something uh, inappropriate. 
And so he wanted to set the boundaries right there and make it clear, like, this is a formal relationship. Right. Well, you know why my guy did it? Uh, so that he could undermine my relationship with my father. He oh, was well, that's where, sick. right. So he that's went so really from sick. that dinner on. He was like, "Well, I noticed that your father is very critical and judgmental." And I was just that's like, like, "Game of Thrones." Whoa, yeah, that's before wild. long before it's time. But you know, the the boundary issue is really important, especially cross gender mentoring. And and Suzanne, I want you to answer that question. How would you feel if your daughter came home? See. I'm wondering whether, as hovering parents, we will even allow our kids, whether they will seek mentors, because they call me all the time for career advice. I never called my parents for career advice. This is my hope, though. I have always said to the kids, your career path is a series of relationships, and therefore choose wisely who you're working for. Long so before, true. long before you decide whether this firm, that firm, this particular job, find a person. And I have to say, my whole career has been a series of relationships yep. with people who yep. I thought I could learn something from and who were willing to teach and me. Seventeen years ago, you found someone from whom you can <laughs> never. Ever stop learning? I think we established this morning it was eighteen years ago. Eighteen years, but of that is interesting. You were actually paid in the very beginning. We didn't call it a mentor, but you were paid to be a coach. Yeah, of I know. Sorts. But coaching really is different. And I never considered myself your mentor. I was coaching because from the outside, you were in a very intense situation at work. I was on the outside, and it was sort of easy for me to give you kind of advice because I wasn't wrapped up in it emotionally. I know that Lori Alpern, who's joining us in a few minutes, very much distinguishes between mentoring and coaching. So I'm curious to hear what she has to say about that. What I want to say is, look, you need a mentor. You absolutely need them. You also need a sponsor, which is different from a mentor. A sponsor is someone who deliberately watches out for your next career move and is willing to take you into rooms, recommend you on a board, put you in front Why of important people. Why is that different people. from a mentor? Because a sponsor is somebody who's doing more than coaching and more than getting your skills developed in but a certain way. But my mentor, that's what he did. And he said, Rachel, now you're ready to go to other foundations. And I will introduce you to the Rockefeller Front. He would set up the meetings. He flew to New York. He made it happen. Well, that's uh, okay. Well, I guess in terms that I understand, I would call that a sponsor as much as a mentor. I don't know. Well, whatever it is, you're right that you need to look out for. And when you get to a job, look ahead of you. Who are the women and men you really admire and you really, really want to be like? And don't confuse attraction of different kinds with that. So if you see like a hot guy your age, that ain't your mentor. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't sidle up to him. But um, do look out for that because it's so true that your career will be a ser- series of relationships. I love that. And love I that. and I do believe deeply that if you have the right kind of mentor, that is better than grad school. That's better than yeah. a paycheck that might be a little higher to work for somebody who's not going to put that kind of time and energy into you. This is the kind of choice you make that's a, a deliberate, conscious, strategic move. The sad thing about mentorship, the heartbreak of mentorship, is that they don't last forever because it's a learning curve issue. So so don't mourn the end of a mentorship. You learn to be graceful about that ending the way we're being graceful about the end of this segment. 
So when we come back, we're going to be talking to Lori Alpern, who's the president of Open Door Advisors. And as Rachel said, a born mentor, someone who does this both naturally. I don't think she can help herself, but she's also paid to do it. So let's hear more from Lori when we get back to the big payoff after this short break with Rachel and Suzanne. This is The Big Payoff with Rachel Bello and Suzanne Nugent on WGN+. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with Rachel, who's my best friend and business partner. And we're here with Lori Alpern, who's the president of Open Door Advisors, a longtime colleague and friend. And I'm fascinated by the conversation that we just had before you walked in the room, which is Susie Weinberg, our producer, came in here and said, I don't know that I've ever had a mentor. And I don't, I can't imagine my career without, I considered it almost kind of, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it. I, re, I didn't use these relationships, but they, every stage of my career had a critical relationship at the center that I would consider a mentor. And Lori, the reason that you're here today is because Suzanne and I were thinking, well, who is the most natural mentor that we know, because it really is a gift. It's not something you can learn or train. It's a gift. And it's Lori Alpern. So um, we're so glad you're here today. Oh, that's very kind of you. I'm thrilled to be here with both of you. So first of all, do you agree with me? And I'm not sure Suzanne agreed with me, but do you agree with me that you shouldn't ask somebody to be your mentor, that, that it needs to happen sort of organically? Well, you were both talking about asking, finding, which comes first, which should I do? And I think both, both, that we're all mentors. Everyone is a mentor in their life. And people are looking to all of us, each person, to see what we're doing, what we're thinking, how we might be helpful. And As someone who might be looking for advice in their career, in their life, they're looking and they're assessing everyone that talks to them. So you mean we should really be a little bit more buttoned up knowing that people are looking to us as possible mentors? That's scary. Well, be your authentic selves, first of all. First of all, honesty and authenticity are and trust are probably the starting points for being an effective mentor. So Suzanne brought up uh, an interesting distinction earlier between coaching and mentoring. Do you want to ask? Well, I'm wondering, so Lori, Open Door Advisors has a number of different functions. And I know that formally and informally you mentor, but when it's formal, do you call it coaching? And is that something you get paid to do? Well, I think there's formality in both mentoring and coaching. And as individuals that are in leadership positions, in management positions, or just anyone that's trying to do well in their roles, look for advice, there is an increasing demand for mentors and coaches. And there is... It's true. This is really coming up all the time in the entrepreneurship space now everywhere. And in fact... In the educational space, this is now in in higher education and graduate school, it starts out trying to make sense of the money situation, but it goes deeper. The people who make it through graduate school are the... 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ones who are, who have advisors, good advisors. Yeah, I think as you advance in graduate school from the master's to the Ph.D. level, your relationship with your mentor, your advisor, becomes much more intense. And in terms of the distinctions between mentoring and coaching, my own distinction that I draw is that coaching is a financial relationship in addition to a mentorship relationship. But mentorship is still formal, but it is one where money is not changed hands. And you can look on, there's one great website, which I personally have not used, micromentor.org. That's a free service for matching individuals that are looking for mentors oh my God, I love and mentors. That. I love that. Yeah. So maybe coaching, you're yeah. listed as a micro mentor, Suzanne. <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> She's referring to my stature. I know whenever Rachel does derogatory, that's about yeah. my stature. Yeah. Um, that's okay. I, I can punch above my weight. So Lori, what I'm also curious about when you say that it's a financial relationship, you set those terms, right? I assume that you have a price that you charge. And I'm wondering, what other boundaries or what other agreements do you put in place? Is it a certain amount of time every week? I mean, how does it work when it's formal like that? Well, I think that there is an agreement up front on the scope, just like anything else, what is the duration of the engagement? Is it going to be three months, six months, a year? How, what is the In free- mentorship? In, in coaching. coaching. Oh, in, in coaching. coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's the length of each session? Is there prepar- Does the coach have to prepare for the session? Mm-hmm. How are agendas developed? What are the goals? What might be, if a company is paying for coaching, what might be the expected okay. return on investment for that company? So- You know, there are a number of structural issues that are addressed up front. However, as with mentoring, it will be successful if there is agreement up front on what you're what everyone is expecting to get out of it. So that is definitely a common thread. It's funny that my mentorship relationships were so much more. It was almost like waking up in the middle of it and going, oh, or even retroactively realizing, wow, that person was a powerful mentor. Um, and the end, can we talk a bit about the end of mentorship? Because I brought it up at the end of the last segment. It's a very painful moment because there's a moment where you outgrow the need for that mentor. Oh, I had that moment. I had that moment with somebody who was on a board who had decided, I think without my permission to be my uh, mentor. Uh-huh. I, maybe she was assigned by the board informally, but it wasn't ever a relationship that I actually wanted. 
But when the moment came that I felt that I had outgrown her, the level of hostility oh, was palpable. It was, it was terrifying. And so it was, yeah. So how do you, how do you manage How it? do you end a mentoring relationship or does it ever end? Well, I think, again, this goes to the point that objectives and intentions need to be clarified and agreed to up front. I had a similar situation where I was mentoring someone and all of a sudden that person didn't need me and I felt really bad because I admired that person. I knew I was helping them, yet at the same time they were done, they got what they needed, and because they're so savvy, they're ready to move on, and they should. But however, not every mentorship relationship um, ends. I have a mentor who I have had for a long time, and I consider him a lifelong mentor. He is sticking with me. Is he a lover and a mentor or just a mentor? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Right I, and, you know, there's just that dimension, and that's another dimension that needs to be clarified. You know, this is not, you know, it's it's a personal relationship with boundaries. It is, although I must say that if I were in a relationship with me <laughs> and I were being and I okay now I have to get out of that metaphor it's mm-hmm. too confusing and schizophrenic but I think it is threatening when your partner is in the hands of a mentor you know, because it's the, a very powerful the pow- I was going to say the power differential can get very um scary if to Lori's point it's not managed and it's not deliberate yeah. but I want to go back to the moment how did you know that your mentee was done. How did did he or she Stop say to you? Stop returning your phone calls. <laughs> right. Like, how did that end? How did it work? How did you know the moment had come that he or she had out, outgrown you? Um, we were working together in a mentor-menteeship role for a specific task. And that task had come to an end. But I assume, because I really admired this person, that, well, they would probably want my advice on something else, but, you know, they just didn't need it. Yeah. And yeah. it makes sense. And I have to own that and, and move on. You know, you talked about, is it just the head? Mentorship is the head and the heart. No yeah. question about it. Yeah. But with boundaries, with intentionality and with boundaries. So do you at Open Door, ha- is mentorship an, o- can mentorship be an offering? I mean, I well, know coaching they, can be an offering. Coaching is, but I guess you can't really make mentorship an offering. It's not really, doesn't it's work personal. That way. It's, it's personal. It's personal. But I mentor people who can benefit the most from my help over someone else's help. And they're also at the point in their industry or their career where it is game changing. So, what do you mm-hmm. think, what would be some lessons you've learned? from mentoring or qualities that you that you feel mentors should really intentionally cultivate to be good mentors? Well, there's no question that mentorship is a partnership. And as with any effective partnership, agreeing from the onset on goals, on structure, on support, trust, respect is essential. And um, holding each other accountable, but in a friendly, comfortable way. You're both voluntarily coming to this relationship. So where can the mentor add the most value and where can the mentee respect the time, the contributions, the value, the intelligence that the mentor brings to the relationship? So so much of it I'm thinking about, Suzanne, is, is the unconscious sort of mirroring neurons that take over like... 
forget. My sister was working for a guy who was from Liverpool. He was like a street genius, ran a big branding agency in New York, and she was the head of strategy. And he wore these big, stiff British jeans that were rolled up like halfway <laughs> to his knee and and uh, black construction boots. And he was really gorgeous, but he was a dude's dude. And I saw Julie after she'd been working there for like a month, and I went, Julie, you look like a British guy. What are, <laughs> what are you doing? And she hadn't even realized she admired him so much. You begin to talk and dress, and there's that mirroring you, you thing take that goes on, on. You take on their traits, yes. for sure, well, especially verbal verbally. tics and things like I, that. I don't know. I think a mentor needs to encourage you to be your true self. Yeah. And, you know, mentoring kind of hits the mentee at the developmental point in their life where they're looking for that True. connectivity, for that affirmation or not of their path. And they're looking for trust, honesty, and integrity. So I'm not sure I would be encouraging mentees to take on the vibe, the yeah. style, the look of their mentor I'm looking for a mentee that is willing, that they're at that moment in their life where they're willing to honestly face the issues, the situations that enable them to soar. I don't know about you, Suzanne, but I find myself mirroring Lori when she's saying that. I'm talking like Lori. I'm <laughs> talking like Lori. I'm using the verbal of it, you know what? It's a very powerful relationship. I mean, that's one thing I'm taking away from the conversation today. I love the idea of it being structured and deliberate. I love the idea of it having objectives and goals. I think that people definitely in the community around the tech space tend to think of these as office hours and being mentored. But it's not a drop-in kind of relationship to really make yeah. it work. It's a long-term commitment. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it really is about, as a mentee, connecting with someone who is going to help you fight the battles, not the literal battles, but your own path, help you achieve your goals. Now, there, you if you want someone to be a more technical advisor or yeah. mentor sure. to look at, your business plan, to review your financial Different relationship, right. It's a little bit different. Yes, because it's... mentors take on all the dimensions right. of, of your future. You know, if, if, if your emotional state is what needs repair or needs addressing, they'll dive in there. Well, they should only dive in a little. If it's an emotional issue, then they need to refer you to a therapist. A mentor <laughs> is not a therapist. Well, and but I, it's, I think but it, it's, you know, I think that there are a lot of people out there that think because they're smart as mentors, they can offer advice that goes into a domain that is just Lori not is where so they need good to with be. boundaries. Yeah. I will say yeah. that very good with boundaries. And with that, we have a boundary, which is the end of our time. But I know that Lori, the Open Door Advisors website is live, which is opendooradvisorsinc.com. Correct. Today is the first day of the new website. Uh, beta, let's just say. Thank you. Beta. That's all. We're all <laughs> yeah. about the beta yeah. here. So, Lori, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you both. And we'll be back to the big payoff in just a few minutes with Rachel and Suzanne. There's nothing to it. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. You're listening.
listening to The Big Payoff with Rachel Bello and Suzanne Mushin on WGN+. So we're back to The Big Payoff just to finish up this conversation on mentorship between me and Suzanne. And I have a question for you, Suzanne. I'm all ears. Well, we make mentorship sound like, you know, all roses and glory. And I think there's a lot of challenging aspects of mentorship. It's a very intense, we keep saying that, intense relationship. Surely there are negative or challenging aspects to mentorship that we can talk about. Oh, my God. The single biggest influence in my career professionally uh, was Jeff Jacobs, who was the president of Harpo Entertainment. I'm fine to say Rachel's cringing a bit. No, I'm actually fine to say Jeff's name on the air because he was the single biggest influence in my career. I was working with him very closely for 11 years during my, Lori was so right, during a formative period, developmentally formative period. It was also the single most painful relationship that I ever had, in part because the learning curve was so steep, in part because he was so very passionate about what we were doing that when I didn't deliver, when I made the mistakes, The punishment, that's my term. That's a very childish term I just used, but that's how it felt to me. The punishment was so swift and so harsh. But I am telling you, I can list the things we don't have time for now. I can list the 10 things that I will carry with me forever. Absolutely. And I had exactly the same experience with my really most intense mentor. It was so painful. There were so many painful moments, partly because that, as you said, in your 20s, you don't know anything and you think you know everything. So you're constantly getting slapped down. I remember having to... If I made one typo, oh, oh, I would have to retype the entire page because he didn't like white out. And this was before regular use of computers to retype the entire page, which is how I became a perfectionist. And Suzanne, Jeff made you a perfectionist, which is when we connected, yes. we had that very much I, in the common. The most shaming moment I ever had was I had written a letter and those were the days of facts. I got it back on a fax from him. And he had circled on that letter every time I used the word I. And it was all over the letter. And it was so shaming. And yet I never again wrote that way, spoke that way, thought about myself as the center, you know, piece of any story. So painful. Do you hear my voice? Yes. And I painful retelling it. it, Painful. You're you're not alone. I think those are the lessons of of our twenties because my mentor, Jerry Freund, had arranged to put me as the chair of a board, okay, where I'd never been a board chair. I'd never even been on a board, but he felt this was a really important experience for me. And at my first board meeting, when I was reporting to the board about what the organization had done, afterwards he came up to me and he said, I didn't put you on this board so that you could take claim, personal claim of all the victories of the organization. Said, what are you talking about? He said, you said, I, yeah. I, I. Yeah. Wow. So this is what it's all about. Mentoring, coaching, getting to your next move through people and through relationships. That's the big takeaway from today. And we'll be back to the big payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.